to the Mother Daughter Disney Podcast. My name is Amanda and I'm here with my very lovely mother. Hello, I'm Jeanette. Yes, and today we are recording with my cat. So she is all over the place. So we may have to stop recording. So sorry if there's some extra jump cuts. You may also hear the oven in the background because we're making an apple pie. It truly is October now, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> I know, right? We're, we're celebrating the fall finally. But yeah, today's episode is our first in a new segment that we're starting. I feel like we have so many segments now. I know. <laughs> so many types of episodes now that we're doing, which is fun. But yeah, but uh, this was inspired by when we did that episode a few weeks ago about what we missed from Disney's like past. So this is a little bit of some more Disney history. History. So today we are going to be deep diving into what my mom's, was this your number one or your number two? I can't remember. Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island. I can't remember if she yeah, number one or number two. I forget what number it was. <laughs> when you scaled it. So yes, yeah, so I have done a lot of research. I think research. it was number one. Yeah, I think it was number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Pleasure Island. I will put my links in the description below as well. However, I will admit a lot of this is from Wikipedia. So most of this is from Wikipedia. Thank you to Wikipedia, all the people who got gathered all those sources. And I will say to some of this, I'm going to be rereading verbatim because it's a lot easier just to read verbatim than it is just to like paraphrase it in weirder words or something like that. So right. but yeah, I'll put the links below. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about Pleasure Island and what is Pleasure Island? Well, I also have to add in that I've been to Pleasure Island two nights way back in 1978. <laughs> so it'll be a little bit of memory, a little bit of what Amanda reminds me of, but it's another thing like she's going to have all this information. But in the back of my mind, I can remember some of the stuff. And as she talks, I'm sure some of it's going to come up. Yeah, for sure. So I'm excited to see what you remember and like what I go through, because for me, a lot of this was new since I had never been to Pleasure Island. I didn't really know what it was. It did. So I'll say, what was Pleasure Island? Pleasure Island was an area of what used to be downtown Disney and what is now called Disney Springs. That was a shopping, dining, and entertainment, like large area. It opened on May 1st, 1989 and officially closed September 27th, 2008. Oh, then I had to be there after 1978. Hmm, That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So mm, okay. we may have gone again. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I mean, like this is just when I officially opened. It may have been like soft opening or just like clubs or something like that. Must have been when Daddy but, and I went, not when I went my, for my honeymoon the first time. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, like I was alive when Pleasure mm-hmm. Island was in operation, but I yes. do not necessarily You're too young. remember it. Yes. Yeah. I remember we never went over there or, or anything like I that. I think we so. actually walked through there during the day before it was open, yes. like because mm-hmm. they, they used to charge to get in at night, obviously, once they opened up the clubs and opened up everything. But you could walk through there and go into the shops during the yeah. day. So you actually just walk through. Yeah. So I do vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. As of present day, all the clubs that were in Pleasure Island have been closed, but some of the retail stores and restaurants continue to remain open. And the area where it was like where it was um, in downtown Disney is now called The Landing and it's a central part of Disney Springs. We'll get all to, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll deep dive into all of that. All right. So the backstory, what was the story behind Pleasure Island? So the name originates from Walt Disney's 1940 film Pinocchio and Pleasure Island opened in emulating Church Street Station in downtown Orlando, Florida. And at the time, it was a highly successful gated attraction. Like my mom said, you did have to, you could, you can get into multiple clubs and restaurants for one price. And it was all based around a fictional character named Meriwether Adam Pleasure. And his nickname was the Grand Funmeister. <laughs> and in the fictional fantasy backstory of him, he was an industrialist and explorer who decided to move his family to Florida and start a new sailmaking and yacht construction business on the island during the 1920s through the early 1940s. He was also a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, SEA for short, so C. And that is interesting. There, we'll get to that m- bit more, but that um, kind of leads into what Skipper Canteen is about, like the Adventurers mm-hmm. Club and Skipper Canteen. He enjoyed throwing parties for his employees and friends after hours. But in 1941, him and his wife mysteriously disappeared at sea and left all of their holdings to their sons, Harry and Stewart. Unfortunately, his two sons flopped <laughs> flopped real hard at running the company without him, and the island was basically destroyed then in, again, in, in, 
in a fictional storm. However, this is where fantasy and reality kind of mix here because the storm I say in quotes that was destroyed by was a very real hurricane that struck Florida in 1955, Hurricane Connie. So that's the storm that is supposedly supposed to destroy the fictional Pleasure Islands. And then the, the again, the fictional story continues in the 1980s where there is an archaeological dig that claimed an unlikely success of discovering this entire site. And then eventually Disney would rediscover the ruins of the Pleasure Complex, like his, his complex here on the island, and establish a nightclub district to carry on Pleasure's merrymaking spirit, the Adventurers Club, which is one of the clubs that was part of Pleasure Islands. And then something else here, this was in the backstory, even though this is actually part of the entertainment, but every night at midnight, they would celebrate New Year's Eve with fireworks and a show. And this tradition lasted all the way from 1990 through New Year's Eve, 2005. So that was kind of the background of where Pleasure Island originated, where it came, mm-hmm. from, where it came from, which makes sense because Disney always loves to do these fun, detailed fictional stories. Yeah, just I never knew that. Like up. I said, I went, but it, at that time I was young and having mm-hmm. a good time and didn't care about the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're just there. No, for sure. All right, so now let's get into the entertainment. So again, the Pleasure Island was mainly a series of clubs and restaurants, but there were some shopping as well. So we're going to get into the main clubs that were there, but also the clubs that used to be there and the clubs that replaced old clubs. So first off, we have Videoopolis East. This opened in 1980 and it was playing a new wave of music on a 170 video screen. So a lot of video screens on this. Mm-hmm. In 1990, it was renamed Cage and it added more progressive music before closing in 1992. It had replaced 8-tracks uh, in 1970s and 1980s themed dance cl- oh replaced hold on see wait a minute now see that's oh, what yeah, I so mean oh yeah so this was replaced by 8-tracks a 1970s and 1980s themed club right. and then 8-tracks closed when the when the entire club had right. closed it had originally opened on December 31st 1992 so yeah so what were you saying oh no okay I was confused about the dating okay go ahead keep going yeah so yeah so Videopolis East is mm-hmm. one of the, the OG clubs and then it was replaced by 8-tracks but where the Videopolis East so was 8-tracks replaced it in 1992 alright so next up we had Neon Neon Armadillo. This was another original OG club. It featured live country music bands and operated from 1989 to 1998. And then Neon Armadillo was replaced by BET Soundstage, Bet Soundstage, which is a hip hop and R&B dance club operated by Black Entertainment Television, formerly known as Bet Holdings Incorporated. (laughs) Again, uh, Bet Soundstage opened in 1998 and closed when Pleasure Island closed in 2008. There was a licensing agreement with Bet Holdings Incorporation and before and it was purchased by Viacom, which own networks such as Nickelodeon a rival to Disney's own Disney Channel in 2000. So I think that was probably a problem with like the licensing of this place. Another club was Mannequin's Dance Club. This was a techno-trance multi-story dance club, which featured a revolving, lighted, dancing floor. The club also featured nightly light shows with synchronized music and live performances by human and, in quotes, mannequins. And this also opened and then closed when Pleasure Island closed. Do you remember Mannequins? I remember Mannequins. There's a lot of photos of Mannequins when I was looking Mm -hmm. this up online. I remember Mannequins. (laughs) I call it the disco club, but that was Mannequins, yes. (laughs) Next up, we have Motion. Motion was a dance club which featured the top 40 music videos. It had opened in 2001, replacing Fireworks Factory. Fireworks Factory was a restaurant, so we'll get to that one. Yes, Fireworks Factory was the restaurant off on the side. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so Motion replaced that restaurant. Again, we'll get to that in the restaurant section. Mm-hmm. But Motion closed, again, when Pleasure Island closed. Wild Horse Saloon, a country music mm-hmm. dance club and barbecue restaurant. It opened in 1998 to capitalize on the country western dance craze at the time. Mm-hmm. It was operated by Levy Restaurants and the Gaylord Entertainment Company, which had also operated a Wild Horse in Nashville, Tennessee. They eventually sold their interest in the building back to Disney and the venue was closed in 2001. Up next, we have the Pleasure Island Jazz Company. This is a club featuring live jazz musicians and it opened on August 27th, 1993. And it was eventually replaced by Raglan Road Irish Pub and Restaurant in October mm. 2005, mm. which is kind of funny. That used to be jazz music and then it switched to Irish now music. It's, yeah, now it's <laughs> so. Irish. All right, there's the XZFR Rock and Roller Dome, a short
short-lived club where guests could strap on skates yeah, and dance to remember. rock and roll. <laughs> it was replaced by Rock and Roll Beach Club, a rock-themed dance club which featured live bands and usually was like local cover bands. Mm-hmm. It had opened on April 4th, 1990 and closed February 2nd, 2008. So kind of before all of Pleasure Island one. closed. Yes. Yeah, but didn't make it to the very end. Mm-hmm. There was the Comedy Warehouse. This was a nightclub which featured an improv comedy troupe. It originally featured a parody show called Forbidden Disney and the club soon attracted a large return audience. Also, it's moved to improv format after a couple of seasons uh, kept the show quite fresh so people were really interested in, in the fun comedy show and this lasted all the way until the very end when it closed in 2008. There was also the, this one was interesting to me, the AMC Pleasure Island 24. Mm. In April 1990, these theaters opened with 10 screens as a Pleasure Island attraction but in January 1998, AMC expanded to 24 screens and became a part of the West Side at the time so it was no longer part of Pleasure Island. I remember Island. the smaller one. Yeah, it became a part of the West Side and then the name was changed to 2010 to AMC Theaters Downtown Disney in 24 and then it was changed again in 2015 to AMC Theaters Disney Springs 24 and that is the AMC is still there. That was the first time I ever saw those big seats where you went and had the big gigantic seats Mm -hmm. and when you got your popcorn they had the popcorn bar where you could put your own butter on the popcorn and stuff like that That was the first time I ever saw that was when we were there. All right up next is the Celebrate Tonight. This was an outdoor dance party featuring DJs and cast members known as the party team. Hmm. This one was a bit more focused on families with children and it took place in a large brick expanse for, between the former comedy warehouse and the bet stage an area re- that is now renamed celebration plaza and celebration plaza is currently in disney springs today hmm. it opened in april 2009 and closed june 26 2010 so this technically actually lasted past when pleasure island closed which Close. is interesting and last but not least this was the west end stage so this was a stage used for events every night the roof of the stage was torn down in 2009 and most of the stage was taken to the disney boneyard with small parts intact and this is where the celebration plaza is now today what about the adventurous club so we'll, we'll get to the adventurous club i was gonna say that was yeah. my favorite the adventurous club i think is considered a restaurant oh was <laughs> it why. okay i didn't realize it was a restaurant i guess oh, i sat at the restaurant? bar let me find i sat at the bar so it could have been a restaurant that's where the edison is now i think that could have been a restaurant back then i just didn't use it as a restaurant no, wait, i went on. there as a bar okay keep going Go i ahead. can't find it in my notes actually the adventurous club was my favorite club because they used to dress in costume like they were adventurous you know off in the Asia and Africa and you know with the hats and the the khaki outfits with the belts and the things and the stuff and the boots and they'd come up and talk to you like they were British adventurers like out on a thing talking to you like you were out there too as an adventurer so I remember sitting at the bar talking to these people like as if it was in in that era of when they used to do all of that safaris yeah and no stuff. here's the adventurous club sorry about that it was in a different section but I, I copied and pasted it into a different section by accident when I was okay. doing this okay but it is here though yeah it is considered one of the clubs so let me okay. just read this verbatim again. Like I said, I never, I didn't notes. eat there. The Adventurers Club was a 1930s style British explorers club that featured a staff of flamboyant characters portrayed by improv <laughs> actors. Yeah, see? <laughs> and the club lasted until the very end yeah. of, of Pleasure Island. Because it was the most fun. Yeah, I put I mean, that the in other the ones were fun too accident. because, yeah. you know, you went and you did, you could dance, you could listen to music, you could do all this stuff. But the Adventurers Club was like, you were actually back there. Yeah. All right, so there were lots of famous performers at the time who performed here in Pleasure Island. So I'm just going to read through the list. Mm. There are years associated from when these performers were performing there and of course there are a lot of many other local bands and, and you know local singers who'd also perform there as well mm-hmm. but some of like the the i guess the top headliners was the new kids on the block marky mark and the funky bunch <laughs> blind melon johnny cash boy george and sync savage garden christina aguilera hootie and the blowfish the b52s sticks and duran duran yeah well back yep. then they yeah, were all big bands all the big 1990s and early yeah. 2000s usually uh, they they usually singers. performed at the mid 
midnight stage where they used to do the yeah, fireworks the and stage, yeah, you know, New Year's Eve. You know, countdown for New Year's Eve yeah. every night. I, I miss it. It was I'm fun. My face from the donut. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. All right, let's get to some food now. So what food could be served? Mm-hmm. All right, so first up, we have Fulton's Crab House. This was a seafood restaurant, which is oh, operated by Levy right. Restaurants. And it had opened in on, it originally opened on May 1st, 1990. And then it eventually became the Empress Lily. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, it opened as the Empress Lily. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm reading my notes incorrectly. Mm-hmm. But then became Fulton's Crab House in 1977. The Empress Lily, which again, Fulton's Crab House, Empress Lily, same area. It was an authentic recreation of a 19th century paddle steamer boat in mm-hmm. the rock rococo uh, style it was operated by disney and named in homage of disney walt disney's wife lillian and then upon becoming the fulton's crab house the boat lost its paddle wheel and smokestacks but it was divided into four separate restaurants and lounges including the baton rouge lounge the steerman's quarters the fisherman's deck and the empress room there was also the fireworks factory which my mom said she had remembered and mm-hmm. was later changed to a club this is a pyrotechnics themed restaurant also operated by levy restaurants according to the island's fictional backstory meriwether pleasure manufactured fireworks in the building until one of his cigars caused an explosion. That story I remember. Yep, the restaurant was decorated with authentic pyrotechnic props from the Grucci family and it operated from 1989 to 1997. And then again, it was replaced by that motion dance club. Mm-hmm. We went there with you guys. We went mm-hmm. there to eat. Oh, really? That must have been- It was along the water. I remember sitting outside, like yeah. sitting in a room that was I must have been, the- I was born in 1996 and it was yeah. closed in 1997. Yeah, so. probably <laughs> the first time <laughs> the we first went there. The first time I went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to Fireworks Factory. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. All right, there was also Meriwether's Market. This was a food court that operated from 1989 to 1993 and it was eventually replaced also by Raglan Road. So Raglan Road, again, that area was quite that whole big. Area. So, yeah, so that Raglan was, Road takes up a big area now. Yeah, so it kind of got replaced by two all things. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, in 2005. Mm-hmm. It was also Planet Hollywood. It was a Pleasure Island attraction when it opened in 1994. Mm-hmm. In 1998, it moved to the west side and then 2017, it was replaced by the Planet Hollywood Observatory, mm-hmm. which is what we see it today. There was the Hill Street Diner, which served pizza, hot dogs, hot deli sandwiches, french fries, and assorted salads. And desserts, which was cappuccino, espressos, pastries, frozen yogurt, and sauce of ice cream toppings. Getting the full, full espresso yeah, and ice cream I don't remember food. There. I remember clubs. I don't yes. remember the food. Well, there was also shopping. So mm-hmm. the shopping, some of the OG shopping things with the Superstar Studios. This was a long time at Make Your Own Video Studio, which was eventually replaced by Curl uh, by Samuel Duval in 2008. This was a long time you ago. You see, I remember Curl. Yeah, now Curl I remember when Curl well. first came <laughs> so, in, but yeah. I don't remember what was there before. Okay. There was also Jessica's, a store featuring the character Jessica Rabbit from the 1988 film Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh. Everyone knows Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. It opened in 1990 and closed in 1992. However, a two-sided 30-foot neon sign of Jessica Rabbit with a swinging leg and moving sequins hung over the building until the store's closing. In 1993, the sign was relocated to the West End stage where it resided until 2006. Hmm. So I wonder where it went to. I don't remember it actually. Yeah, I don't remember memories, that statue. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. There was the AV Avigator Supply. This was a store that was located close to the event club and it sold aviation and adventure gear branded with the Avigators logo. It also sold the Adventurers Club and Indiana Jones merchandise and it was eventually replaced by Mouse House which then was replaced by Paradiso 37. Okay. All right then a few more stores here I'll just run through these quickly. There's Changing Attitudes which sold clothing and unusual gifts. Doodles which is a Pleasure Island memorabilia. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It says it sold graphic t-shirts and trendy mm-hmm. gifts. Hammer and Fire which was handcrafted jewelry accessories and unusual gifts. All of these say unusual gifts which is so yes. funny. What were these unusual gifts? gifts. The Mouse House, which I just said, yeah, Disney t-shirts, plush animals and gifts. I don't know, but I probably bought something from every one of them. (laughs) Suspended animation, which was Disney animated cells, Mm. posters, prints, and lithographs. DTV, which was modern Disney fashions from silks and sequins to painted jeans. 
Mm. And music legends, clothing, books, books, music, and music memorabilia. Mm. All right. So over time, there was a lot of changes that were made to Pleasure Island as the years went on. Mm. So the major, the first set of major renovations was in 2006. So in 2006, they attempted to renovate Pleasure Island because of a declining attendance. These changes included closing and dismantling of the West End stage and the Hub stage. And since at this point, there was no longer an entry free, the free entertainment provided by these stages was attracting large groups of local teams, which, in quotes, was considered undesirable. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> the area that formerly occupied the West End stage is the location of the new pedestrian bridge to downtown Disney West Side and provided visitors with a greater line of sight view from Pleasure Island to the West Side. Now the West Side still kind of exists technically, but mm-hmm. it, it's all a little bit different because now it's Disney Springs. So yeah, we're walking through history right now. Right now we're in 2006. <laughs> the removal of the hub stage opened a small area to view of the lagoon located behind Pleasure Island, which also included a dock. And then in the late June 2006, the life-size Jessica Rabbit sign above the facility of Pleasure Island tonight was removed. I wonder what happened to it. Mm. The construction of new docks allowed for boat transportation uh, boat transportation to link the West Side, Pleasure Island, the Marketplace, and Disney Resorts across the lagoon up to Sasagula River. I remember those boats. They used mm-hmm. to go back and forth. Yeah, I do too, actually, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. All right, so then more changes happened from 2007 to 2009. Though so on January 1st, 2007, the dance clubs reverted to a policy which required guests to be age 21 or older. Minors could still visit the Comedy Warehouse and the Adventurers Club, as well as shops and restaurants on the island, but they did have to be accompanied by someone who's 21 or older. That is crazy to me that before then, you could go into the clubs and not be 21 yet, which well, is cause wild. If, yeah, because um, if you had to order a drink, they had to card yeah, you. Yeah, I know, they just carded right, you. Right, so but you could dance, me. you could see, you could do whatever, yeah, that's what I'm saying, but you just couldn't day, drink, right? Yeah, like when I was a teenager stuff in like the later 2010s mm-hmm. and everything, um, it's like you couldn't go into any clubs if you weren't 21, like even if you just wanted to go dance, right. like you just weren't allowed to do that. So the fact that you were able to until 2007, I was just like, just surprised by that when I read that. All right, in late 2008, Disney announced that there were six remaining nightclubs at Pleasure Island would be clo- would be closing on September 28th, 2008 to make room for additional family-oriented entertainment. Mm. Very sad. It was so sad it. when they announced that. <laughs> so on June 27th, 2008, customers who had purchased annual passes to Pleasure Island could receive a prorated refund for their purchase. Again, all the, all the clubs are closing, you know, later that year. A Disney official stated that Pleasure Island nightclub closures were, again, were in response to customers who wanted more broad-based dining and retail opportunities. So on September 27th, 2008, this was Pleasure Island's very last night. Among the capacity crowd were many of its past actors, cast members, some of whom who started to line up at nine in the morning to ensure that they would be, they mm-hmm. could enter in that night. I could see uh, that. That would be quite emotional and quite busy for many of those cast members and, and actors who were there for many years. Highlights included Frankie and the West End boys playing on the waterfront stage. And at midnight, New Year's Eve was celebrated one last time. Very sad Aww. if you think about it. <laughs> Fireworks show was, com- was complimented by popular songs heard on that island over the years. And the final song played in Mannequins was Everybody's Free to Feel Good by Rosala. Am I saying that right? Rosala? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know who they are. And then with that, Pleasure Island was officially shut down. Shut down. <laughs> so Memories gone. See, things just... And it said in classic Disney fashion, by the next day, many of the club's signs and logos were already removed. Oh, of course. Yes. Closed <laughs> down. Five minutes later, the whole place looks like a ghost town. <laughs> so sad. Yes. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <Wait, laughs> <so laughs> 
They do move fast there, don't you know, they? We always joke that it's like Christmas is over. All right, trees are gone. Trees are All gone. All of those decorations gone. gone overnight. You're like, overnight. what happened here? Yeah. It's like it comes up overnight. It disappears overnight. overnight. <laughs> so well, like, Pleasure <laughs> Island was, I mean, like I said, it, it it said it was closing. And they say that obviously it was not making the money. I could see that in the fact of how they're, they market to, like it's families, a lot of them coming. Yeah. Like when we had you kids, we couldn't go there and really enjoy that. Yeah. You could go during the day. You could go through the shops. You could eat at the restaurants that were there. But it wasn't like you could take really good advantage of it at that point. And yeah. at night to go in there, what are you going to do with two little kids if, you know, there's a, a yeah, dance sure. club? Like your kids want to go to bed. Yeah. Disney in itself is definitely like, I mean, like the parks and everything definitely caters more to families and kids. Yes. So either you were just catering to the locals in the general Florida right. area, which isn't necessarily bad. But I mean, like I would not say Central Florida is like the night scene the way New York no. City or Los no. Angeles yeah. is. So it's like you have a different clientele just living down there. Yeah. In I could sense. see where now what they have there now. I mean, how yeah. they've expanded and done what they have there now the restaurants the shopping the just yeah, the, definitely and they do still have entertainment it's oh, yeah, just not the same music. type of entertainment yeah. in february 2009 there was rumors of a partial reopening of pleasure island disney then announced that three of the former clubs would become available for private party rentals so motion soundstage club and the adventurous club were available for rental during the end of march 2010 which i thought was interesting i remember that <laughs> yeah that people could rent it out or mm-hmm. something i think that'd be kind of cool to rent them out if you could if you well, were especially a lot of companies have conferences and stuff down there. And then in 2009, a building that previously housed stores and fast food restaurants was completely renovated by eBrands. And then it eventually became what we know as now as Paradiso 37. All right. So then what happened to Pleasure Island afterwards? So Pleasure Island first turned into Hyperion Wharf. This is what I remember from like my childhood, sort of. Mm. That's what the area was called. So November 10th, 2010, Disney announced Hyperion, or I hope I'm saying that right, Hyperion Hyperion Wharf uh, would be the new name for that area of what was Pleasure Island. The new theme of the island would be an early 20th century nautical warehouse district. They had spent $3.2 million in new lighting features that were being going to be added along the waterfront and the entertainment area, as well as a lighthouse structure, which still stands today. At the time when they had reopened Hyperion, reopened Hyperion Wharf, there were no names for any of like the restaurants or shops yet, and there was no indication out that any of the former clubs would reopen, and that is still true to this day. None of the former clubs did reopen. Mm-mm. However, permits and plans showed that buildings which were formerly housed as Motion and Rock and Roll Beach Club, the Adventurous Soundstage, and the Bet Soundstage Club would all be demolished, which is quite sad if you think about it. All those mm-hmm. buildings were literally just kind of all taken down work. and redone. Yeah, all that stuff. The buildings, which formerly housed the Comedy Warehouse, Eight Tracks, and Mannequins Clubs, would remain. And the dem- this demolition took place between December 2010 and February 2011. Then early in 2010, the bridge from downtown Disney Marketplace to Pleasure Island was widened to accommodate a new wider pedestrian pathway across the island. On December 3rd, 2012, Disney allowed the trademark for Hyperion Worth to expire. And then renovation plans for the area were announced as part of Downtown Disney to be redeveloped in 2013. And then in 2014, Disney closed access to the Pleasure Island portion of Downtown Disney. And again, additional retailers and new themed restaurants are being brought into the rip mix. And this was when Disney decided not to use the name Hyperion Wharf anymore. And that is when it turned into what we know today, which is the landing. So in in April 2015, Disney reopened again that Pleasure Island area as the middle link of the Downtown Disney shopping area and the marketplace area now known as the landing. The former dance clubs, ja- the former dance clubs, jazz club, and adventurous club are no longer part of the concept. Again, very sad. <laughs> um, and instead, the area focuses on retail and restaurants. Though one restaurant circuitously links the new area to its predecessor, which is Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, which has Austin's, which was opened by pilot Jock Lindsay, who appeared in the 1981's Indiana Jones film of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he was a member of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Which took remember, him a while to do that. Though. Yeah, which remember that was Mary one of the Weather. last things that they added. 
그때. Yeah, which Meriwether was also part of that Sea Adventurers <웃음> Club. Um, a Fez House and Skipper Canteen in Magic Kingdom's Adventure Land establishes that Pleasure Island found founder Meriwether Adam Pleasure was also a member of Sea, with his Adventurers Club retroactively serving as his own private chapter of the society. So Sea mm. is actually now considered part of the Adventurers Club that you see in Skipper Canteen, and that's also part of Jungle Cruise as well. So yeah. the lore sort of lives on very loosely. Right, they kept it alive. They just put it in just yeah, different like places. Yeah, like if you know the backstory, you know mm. the backstory, and if you don't, you just skip over it, and you just you know know about the Adventurers Club. I feel like they could definitely do more with the Adventurers Club even in present day. Like I feel like mm. people would be really into that if they did more about this like elusive you know Adventurers Club type thing. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right. So what is there now? So there's a lot there now. If we're being honest, I could read through the oh, list. God. I thought about doing it, but there's, there's a lot there now. It's mainly all restaurants, shops, restaurants and bars and for the most part. Yeah. So someone like, do that in another whole podcast. I know. I just go through each one. <laughs> so some of the big ones I would just point out again is Paradiso 37, the Edison, the Boathouse, Raglan Road still stands, and Marimoto Asia, which is one of my mom's favorites. Right. And then there's some some shops like Gideon's Bakehouse now exists in that area. The Art of Shaving, which my brother once got <laughs> shaving oh, yeah. and cut there. Also, the Paddlefish Boat is also still around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paddlefish. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it just leaves out so much. There's so much there that you know. Yeah, and even the stores there now have closed and reopened. There's yes, like the and some of them that have, that have been open for the longest time cur- uh, closed. Didn't Curl just close too? I think Curl just closed. Yeah, Curl so closed. Yeah. A lot of them that were open are now closed, and they're going to be yeah. having new stores in there again. That's what I'm saying. Some of these things still had like Portobello's on like their list. And it's like Portobello's actually closed. Closed. Opened. Used to go there all the time. That place yeah. closed. So now a lot of this area has reopened and closed. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are more stages, and even now too, there's more area, like small areas, where there'll be more like music performers. Like they'll just stand with their guitars. Places to playing. hang out. Right. Yeah. Like there's definitely <laughs> more stuff. There's more like little pop-up stands too, like just mm-hmm. like a little pop-up kiosk that sells like maybe phone cases or something right. like very specific. They also added food trucks in. Yeah. There's the food trucks now mm-hmm. too, which is there. So I feel like they've added so much more to this overall area that I think mm-hmm. is definitely more of like a money maker, I would it say. It is for them. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and sure. it's still as much as Pleasure Island was fun and it's gone. I have to say Disney Springs does hold a lot of um, draw to go to. For sure. And to hang out mm-hmm. because you can go have a really good meal. You can go shopping. You can go listen to music. You can go sit and just be by the river. Um, there's just so much you can do. You can go for a drink in one of the restaurants. There's just so much you can do that it is still a draw. Yeah, no, for sure. So there's definitely a lot to do there. I mean, like we both love Disney Springs, even the area that Pleasure Island used to be in. Yeah. Again, now at the landing, I mean, like we still go to the room, yeah. we still walk through, it's still a lot mm-hmm. of fun to walk through. I vaguely remember too when I was a child that because I couldn't walk through Pleasure Island a lot because I was very young or you had to pay that fee to get in and we didn't want to pay the fee. Mm-hmm. Like the awkwardness of trying to walk around Pleasure Island to get into the other side of what we had to walk like along the, the parking side. lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I do remember that too, which is kind of funny. And I remember as well that I knew like I couldn't go in there. So when the landing eventually, or like Hyperion Wharf eventually opened, I remember it being very interesting to walk through for the first time mm-hmm. and not really understand. Like I never understood what Pleasure Island was until I was right. an adult, but it was interesting to see the area that it was like closed off for so long. Like you had to like pay that. Right. Cause if you went fee. through it one way and then it, it, it started to sell their tickets, you had to come out, you had to come out through the other way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, sad times. I know a lot of people have said too, that they're sad that Pleasure Island closed and that they wish something like it would reopen again. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see if Disney ever does something like that. Maybe they'll do, I think it would be fun if they did something like the Adventurers Club in Adventureland. Like if they had something like that. Yeah. See, I think that it should be in the Adventureland or even in Hollywood Studios over by where um, uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones is. is. Like yeah. a nice a restaurant over there that kind of has people that, I mean, they do immersive restaurants like Rainforest Cafe and T-Rex and different places that have the dinosaurs and the things. And, you know, Yak and Yeti supposed to make you feel like you're in the Himalayas. Well, I almost feel like Skipper Canteen has that potential. Yes. They hired actors to walk around Skipper Canteen to yes. like provide that. Because when you walk around, it is know. interesting in Skipper Canteen yeah, to look so at the stuff, stuff on the walls. walls. Yeah. To, 
if you sit in a library, um, we didn't sit in the library when we ate there last time, but if you sit in the library room, there's all the books and the different things that he collected. So yeah, I think that if they put a restaurant like that with actors who actually are in character, because I like to do that even just not in Disney. Yeah. Like when we went up to Rhode Island and we went to see one of the mansions, I picked the one that had the people that were in period costume because it's just more interesting to see yeah. that. No, again, and that's kind of what you're going there is that for that fun Disney detail. Right. So yeah, so I guess we'll see what Disney decides to do next. I wonder mm-hmm. the future of the landing. I think feel like for now it's probably pretty set. They just spent all that money just mm-hmm. <laughs> less than five years I ago to do this huge renovation. they got other, other things on their minds right now. But um, yeah, so that's kind of mm-hmm. all I have for, for Pleasure Island right now. Um, anything else that, any other memories that you have of it? <laughs> no, Pleasure Island for me, the memory was the uh, 4th of July, uh, the New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, I remember the stage. I remember standing there. I remember seeing the fireworks and the band playing and just being like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Yeah. Um, at the time. Now I probably wouldn't, I'd be like, it's midnight, I'm tired. <laughs> Um, but when I was young and having a good time, like I said, it must have been when Daddy and I went down there that weekend. On we were there on St. Patrick's Day weekend, so it was even more festive and more mm-hmm. things going on. So, like I said, it was just fun. It yeah. was just absolutely just fun to be there. And like I said, I could see them because you know what it is is that I don't remember eating. I remember being at the bar and having a drink and talking to the people at the Adventures Club and different. But I don't remember eating because I don't think we did a lot of eating. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference now. I think I think that's one of the reasons is that when people were going there and listening to music and dancing. So did you have to pay for the drinks when you got in? Yes. So, oh, you had to pay okay, for the yeah. drinks. Yeah, you didn't get that for free. All the entertainment, all the stuff that was going on was to allow you to be in there. But the problem was is that, like I said, I don't remember eating because I don't think I did a lot of eating. And I mm-hmm. think that's where they lost a lot of money is yeah. that people were so busy doing everything else and listening to the music and drinking well, and yeah, doing you, I guess you couldn't go to those restaurants if you didn't pay that entrance fee or something. I guess, well, yeah, you had to go in and sit at the restaurants. Yes, once yeah. they started charging, you got a wristband. So mm-hmm. you couldn't go into Pleasure Island without the wristband. So if you were busy listening to music and dancing and doing, you, yeah, weren't, you weren't spending the, the money shopping yeah. and you weren't spending the money eating. You were spending the money enjoying Pleasure Island. So yeah, I think music. that's where yeah. they, they lost a lot of their no, money. for sure, which makes sense though. Yeah. So that's interesting. So it was an, it's an interesting thing to remember. So that's yeah. my vision, my my memory. Most of my memory was Adventures Club, talking to the people and the stage. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, well, I guess we'll transition to a little bit of Disney news. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today, the day that this podcast comes out is Journey of Water has officially opened, which is kind of funny because honestly, I feel like it's been open for months now. <laughs> like, I feel like we talk about this every week. They had a soft opening last week. There's been so many previews for it. I know most people I know have already gone to see if they're in the Florida area. Right. But technically today, October 16th, is the official opening okay. of Journey of Water. And we are both very excited to see it. Yeah, we'll and see it. I've heard too from many people to say they try to do it during the day and at night because it's two different experiences with the lighting at night. Oh, yeah, we so definitely have to people are saying if you can, times. try to do it twice if you're able to. So we'll definitely plan on that. It is only mid-October, but all the Christmas merchandise is entering into the parks there's new munchkins spirit jerseys crocs clothing ears everything so it's kind of exciting because i really love christmas stuff a lot of skiing related stuff too which i think is really funny a lot really? of like okay. Mickey skiing on spirit jerseys but yeah we don't go well skiing i think though, what so. they're trying to do is people want to buy this stuff and bring it home so they figure people are going to go home to their yeah, places true. and they That's want them you're, to be wearing you're Disney here stuff. for like mickey's not so scary halloween party mm-hmm. you're not going to come back in december but you can buy your christmas gifts now right so. which is funny because years ago i remember that it was winter time when we went there and they lost a, uh, your luggage i think it was and we had to buy uh, stuff and it was hard to find stuff because it was off season and they didn't have off season stuff in season. Like you, it was cold, you know, and you needed to get cold stuff, but it was stupid to buy summer stuff because then we'd have to take it home to the cold. So I think it's, I think they got smart yeah, they and realized more, they all year round. Yes, that yeah. people want to buy stuff that, okay, I, I don't just wear it in Florida. I want to go home and wear it at home. Mm-hmm. So I think they're getting smart enough yeah, to people to sense. say, oh, yeah. I can wear this when I go skiing. It'll be fun. I'm going to wear my Disney stuff. Yeah. So no, definitely. There is a new 
new Kate Spade Disney collection. It looks very luxe, almost like a Louis Vuitton mm. type of design, but with four spades instead. So it's very interesting that Kate Spade is breaking into a new design like mm. that. I feel like trying to upscale their own design because Kate Spade is a luxury brand, but it's not as luxury as Louis Vuitton. Like I think it's considered more of like a mid brand technically mm. in the luxury world because like for instance, a bag from Kate Spade can maybe be between 500 to $600. A bag from Louis Vuitton is like $2,000 to $5,000. Right. That is drastically a big difference. <laughs> And I think Kate Spade maybe is trying to break into that more higher luxury type of design. So it's kind of interesting, but the designs are kind of cute if you like those types of designs. And lastly, there is a new vampire stitch cake at Disney's Polynesian <laughs> Village Resort. It is so cute. I love it so much. <laughs> it's cute it is so thing. cute. I hope they keep the stitch cake around even without the little vampire teeth. It's just like two little pieces of fondant. It's nothing crazy. I know. But it's just take the teeth cute. off. Yeah. Put a little Christmas ad on them. I know, right? It's like every <laughs> It'll season. be a Christmas little treat. And when we go, we're going in December, so we'll get to see all the, all the holiday stuff, which will be fun. All right. So now for some Disney birthdays. So tomorrow, October 17th, is Julieta, Peppa, and Bruno's Amagidigal's birthday. So happy birthday to them. It's funny, when I saw this, I got confused why there are three people all at once, and I forgot that they're triplets, so I'm like, oh, it makes sense their birthdays all the same. same day. But for a second, I was like, why do they all I have the same they were birthday? Triplets. And I'm like, okay. oh yeah, they're I've triplets. only seen that once, so I forget that what's, what the story line is. And then okay. thought I'd also mention too, that today, the day the podcast comes out, October 16th, is my Uncle Brendan's birthday as well. So okay. Happy birthday happy to my birthday, Uncle Brendan. Brendan. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he ever listens to the podcast. Yes. But in case someone in the family is, just know I do know today is Uncle Brendan's birthday, birthday. So happy okay. birthday to him too. And that leaves us with our final segment, which is a Disney memory, which you've actually already shared, I feel like, most of your Disney memories already. I did. <laughs> I did. I already did my memories. You can do yours. In general, I just remember walking around Disney, uh, I was going to say Disney Springs, but what it was back in the day called Downtown Disney. Just in a general sense, I always loved walking around Downtown Disney. I always thought it was really fun. And we'll definitely do more episodes on things that used to be in Downtown Disney. I think our next one will be on Disney Quest because I think Disney oh, Quest yeah. is a very interesting mm-hmm. thing to also go over yeah but it's just like it's just interesting to see how disney has evolved throughout the years and how it continues to adapt throughout the years according to what's going on even at the time in pleasure island was opened they opened a club just for country and western music mm-hmm. because that was trending at the time right. in the world so i feel like that just goes to show why disney has tested like lasted the test of time because they know how to adapt with the times and continue to evolve yes. uh, with their audience and pay attention to who's coming who's willing to spend you know a certain dollar price to do whatever activities that they have um from like that business standpoint point it's like well i mean like clearly it's working you know it's right. like, yes they have a loyal fan base but if they were doing something no one would be interested in i highlight out people still right. be going anyway yeah as much as we don't like change you have to figure out that everything changes everything evolves yeah. everything gets newer yeah and that's what creates you know the disney memories and mm-hmm. also that creates room for new things like i was right. ta- showing my mom that like one of in pleasure island one of the buildings that's still there is now marimoto asia mm-hmm. and that's one of my mom's favorite restaurants in all of disney yes. is marimoto asia but if pleasure island hadn't closed we may not have gotten marimoto asia sure. to what it is today Although it's kind of sad, I guess they didn't have an Asian themed club. I guess that wasn't trending no. in the times of the 80s and 70s. No, the only place you could get Asian food was in, when Epcot opened yeah, up. Yeah, when Epcot opened China and China and Japan. Mm-hmm. So, um, although I guess maybe Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom had to have something. When Animal Kingdom well, opened up. I guess Animal up. Kingdom But before then, yeah, it was yeah. just Epcot and Magic Kingdom. There was really, I mean. Yeah, not a whole lot, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. I guess there wasn't a lot of Asian population coming to Central Florida. Central Florida. <laughs> but, right. I mean, like now definitely is, especially with, you know, palettes definitely changing over the years. So, yeah, but that was just kind of my memory. Just interesting to see how how it's evolved throughout the years anything else you want to add for our, our pleasure island deep dive your number one nope. thing that you said you missed from disney's past yes that was the number one thing i did miss it i do would miss you still it. go today if it was open like yes if, if someone said it was open just as you remember in the 1990s oh i would i would go definitely because yeah. it was just so much fun i mean it, like i forced myself to stay up um <laughs> well, i think well the, the joke is is that if you're busy and you're doing and you're doing i don't i don't get tired if you sit around doing nothing then at 9 30 10 o'clock i'm like okay it's 10 o'clock well yeah, you'd be busy and you'll Listening to music, you'd be dancing. Right. Yeah, you'd be 
out there doing stuff, shopping. you'd be having a great time. Although of we say that because we went to one of those, the midnight thing at Hollywood Studios for DVC members, the Moonlight oh, Magic, God, yes. and we were up pretty late. And yes. even then we were busy and doing stuff. My yeah. mom and dad were like, we're tired, time to leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is, when you're all done, it's not like, especially if those who go to Disney know that when you're all done doing what you're doing, it's not like you just say, oh, okay, good night. No, you have to travel <laughs> miles. <laughs> It takes a long time to make it back to the hotel. You have to travel miles to get back to your hotel. And for some reason, we always get the room that's at the end of the hallway. So it's another mile once you get to the hotel to get to your room. So whenever you're doing these things, you have to say to yourself, okay, I now have to spend another hour and a half to get to where I have to go. So what time is it? But yes, I would definitely go back. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this episode, this week's podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media. We are currently Spaceship Earth Design everywhere. That will also be linked in the description below. Make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And also if you're listening on YouTube to give us a like and comment below. Do you remember Pleasure Island? Have you gone before or after listening to this podcast? Would you go right now if it had if it was open right now? I would love to know. I will also have a dedicated Instagram post too that you can let us know your thoughts. So yeah, thanks so much for listening. And we'll definitely do more Disney history deep dives in the future. This was really fun to learn about. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. I'll see y'all real soon.